What's up, what's up, bitches? Welcome back to another episode of Positively Uncensored, your favorite reality TV and interview podcast. It's your host, Leah, and if you're tuning in, hopefully you've already listened to my episode with Rob. Um, I had him on, and we talked about everything reality TV. We talked about Vanderpump Rules. We talked about Housewives of Atlanta briefly. We talked about... The Real Housewives of New York reboot, and we gave some hot takes. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it, and make sure to follow Rob on TikTok at Robert Buckman, B-U-C-K-M-O-N, and keep up with him because he's great. I love his content. I can't wait to have him back on for another episode. Today, there's a lot to get into, and I'm so excited. I've been watching a lot of stuff, so... I want to talk about some of the stuff I've been watching. I want to get into the Bachelorette Fantasy Suites recap that I want to do. Um, Just to be transparent, I'm kind of skipping over hometowns, okay? Hometowns came and they went. I missed my opportunity to record on them. What I will say about hometowns is that I thought Aaron's hometown went exceptionally well, despite having only one date. They had like the first... Like the first impression rose date, I believe. He got a a date early in the season and then nothing throughout the whole season. And he kept the somehow attraction growing on these group dates. Um, And I, I actually liked seeing his hometown date. With that being said, it's interesting the people who are my favorite during hometowns and the impression I have of them now after finishing Fantasy Suites Week. But I'm going to get into that later. I want to start with Zoe 102. If you grew up watching Zoe 101 and you haven't watched this yet, it's on Paramount. I was skeptical to watch because I'm just really not that big of a fan of Jamie Lynn Spears. Also, the last time I looked up the cast, I remember seeing Logan and being like, wow. Like, he was supposed to be, like, the bombshell of the group. And he wasn't looking too hot. He wasn't looking like he was doing well, maybe dabbling in drugs and alcohol, like a lot of the famous child actors get into. Um, But he spruced his act up. Um, He ended up looking pretty hot in the Zoe 102 sequel. So I watched it. It was corny. Overall rating, you know, but the show was corny. My friend said that. Good point, Brie, at Brie the Black Sheep, if you haven't listened to her podcast. Quick plug. But my friend Brie was like, you know, the show was really corny, so I expected that from the movie. And that's a valid point. So it kept that same like Nickelodeon Disney-esque vibe about it. Um, I think that it started out like I thought I was going to enjoy it. Maybe like a six out of 10. I liked the fact that Zoe was a producer for a show similar to Love Island. Um, it, It was just interesting to see where all of their career, like where they had all ended up in their careers. Beyond that, once we got to the meat of the movie and, you know, Zoe and Chase are trying to have something going on and Quinn is ending things with Logan, I just wasn't really into it. Like, it was really hard for me to get into. I don't think they've had very many acting classes since Zoe 101, um, and it felt like a 2B movie. Like, Quinn, I just can't believe her performance at all. I guess Michael did an okay job. Dustin wasn't brought back on, Zoe's little brother, probably for the same reasons that Logan was not doing well prior, 
But, you know, overall, 6 out of 10. It's not going to be my best watched of the year. Um, I did kind of enjoy just seeing the cast and where they're all at now, but I don't want to see a reboot with the cast at their current ages. I'm not eager to listen to any interviews with them. Um, It didn't make me want to see more of the show, and I almost think that they missed their opportunity to do a reboot because we've been wanting this for so long, similar to Lizzie McGuire, but you didn't listen to us. It's been too many years, and it just felt a little stale for me. Jen, I'm a conspiracist, and I'm still not 100% sure on Jamie's involvement with her sister, Brittany, and the amount of protection and control that's been over Britney's life if Britney's still even out there. I guess there was a video where Britney got slapped by a security person at a casino or something, but we still don't even see Britney's face. So, you know, jury's still out. I do take ownership for all of us as teenagers really disliking Jamie for getting pregnant and like ruining quote unquote air quotes, Zoe 101. Looking back, that must have actually been really harsh for her to go through. So sorry about that, Jamie. You probably do have a lot of trauma from that. Um, However, I'm just not so sure about your family. Bringing me to the next thing that I watched. So I watched the Super Mario's movie And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Since I'm not going to see Barbie in theaters, I'm just going to wait for it to come out on streaming. I have my own popcorn. I have my own snacks. I like to be able to get up, use the bathroom, pause it, talk about the movie, whatever. I'm not really a theater person. So I'm going to wait for Barbie. And I filled the gap with the new Super Mario Bros. movie, which is on Peacock. And I loved it. I would give it like an 8 out of 10, probably even higher if you're a child watching, 10 out of 10. I enjoyed pretty much everything about it. I wasn't loving the interpretation of Bowser. Like, I wish that he was a little bit more scary, but they went with the, um, like, he was kind of like a douchebag, which, you know, is valid because his his character is, like, really buff and it's, like, the biggest one of the, like, Super Mario's characters, so... I kind of appreciated seeing him in that different light. I also loved just seeing all of the different worlds. If you watch the movie, let me know what you think about the ending. Let's talk about it a little bit because the ending had me in like like in a question. And me and my boyfriend, when we watched, we were like, huh, what do you think the ending is like? Um, so let's talk about it. Watch it. If you have children, if you babysit your niece and nephews, if you are a nanny, whatever, you should throw this on because it is enjoyable for adults. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed the entire thing. Moving on to the next show that I've watched that I know I'm behind on, but I'm early in the sense that season two hasn't come out yet. I think it's coming out in November is what I heard, but I watched Rap Shit. My friend Bree told me to watch it. I have seen it. Like, uh, I've seen the previews before, and I, and I just hadn't locked into it. But I watched it in a day. It's 30-minute episodes. I love how it was shot. The cinematic... The cinematic excellence. <laughs> I don't even know a word to use. I don't know anything about movies. I like the cinema quality. I like that it was shot, like, through phone screens. I like that it felt very interactive. I like that it felt like it was, like, Gen Z-directed. So I really enjoyed it. I'm eager for season two. If you've watched the show, I'm sure that Shauna pisses you off the same way she pisses me off. If you haven't watched the show yet, get on it. It's on HBO. 
now called Max. Um, so watch the show. Let me know if you liked it. I would give it a 10 out of 10. I liked the songs in it. I thought it was catchy. The characters pissed me off. Shauna was reminding me a lot of Molly from Insecure and the fact that she just like can't be happy for her friend. And you'll see what I mean once you watch it. If you've already watched it, let me know if you're excited for season two. Send me a message. Let's talk about the show. The next thing and the last thing that I'm going to get into before I talk about The Bachelorette is I have been watching Watch Out for the Big Girls on Amazon Prime in light of all of the headlines surrounding Lizzo and the allegations towards her dancers and, you know, another member of her staff towards her dance team. I wanted to see the context. Like, I want to support these girls. I want to hear more about their stories. I want to just know more about the entire situation that they were in. And as I'm watching this, I want to start out with the fact that, first of all, I completely believe the stories and the allegations. Um, You really get to know each of these girls and their stories, and you feel for them, and you want to see their success. Um, And you feel happy seeing them in in the show where their beauty is honored and they're respected. Um, and they're in like a safe space with Lizzo who, you know, looks like most of them. So it's, it's supposed to be an empowering environment and you see them let their guards down and feel like they're in a safe space. So it makes the allegations all the more serious. you know, I hope that she takes accountability. I'm not going to cancel Lizzo. Um, I still do enjoy her music. I still enjoy the show. I enjoy her personality, okay? Like what what we're seeing, the personality that she portrays. Um, I hope that she can get some therapy. I hope that she changes her ways. I hope that the dancers get compensation. So it's not okay, and I'm not giving Lizzo a pass. But I would say that you still need to watch the show because the message that goes into the show is important, which is empowering women, um, not discriminating against our bodies, uplifting and telling black women how beautiful they are big black women just the way that they look that they are sexy they are confident they're not unhealthy um you know they're capable and they can do the same things that skinny dancers can do so those messages are still important um learning to love yourself despite a society that does well and makes money off of wanting us to hate ourselves and to do things to change ourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's profitable to put doubt in your mind and make you want to go through measures to either get skinnier or, you know, get tanner or get lighter or change your hair color or, you know, have no body hair or whatever it is. It's easy to put yourself through that to try to chase these unrealistic measures. And this show breaks that mold and it's very enjoyable to see. And I also want to say that this whole concept of like entertainers, especially musicians, actors, letting us down and not being like truly what they represent. They're not practicing what they preach. They are just a conduit for a message that makes them profit. This isn't new to us, okay? So 
I think the lesson here for us as the public is to not hear the messages in songs, which whether it's female empowerment or body positivity or self-love or, you know, leave him if he cheats on you. Meanwhile, we know that the artist singing has like been broken back and forth in this tumultuous relationship where there's infidelity. You know, just because you sing about one thing and your label decides that you should represent something doesn't mean that that's who you are. Like once you hit the 1%, not only have you stepped on people to get there, so your moral compass is skewed, but then you are in the hands of someone deciding your fate and deciding who you are. So I'm sure that Lizzo's label partially decided that regardless of if Lizzo truly empowered every woman that she meant, that she met in real life, or whether she really truly loved her curves and loves her body, that looking how she looks, that's now what she's going to sing about. Similar to what, you know, how everyone was so upset with Adele when she lost weight. Meanwhile, she was criticized for being the size that she was throughout her entire career. So, Deciding that somebody is going to be this person and then putting all of that hopes and that movement on them is just unrealistic. And it doesn't invalidate Lizzo's message and it doesn't make it any less important. Also, people are always looking for a reason to discredit women. So I'm sure a lot of people will be like, I'm not watching the show. She's a hypocrite. Whether that's true or not, the show is important. So I hope that everybody watches it. This is just my lens that I'm looking at things. I really want these dancers to have their stories heard, like I said, receive compensation, um, and know that the, we as the world aren't really viewing them the way that they were treated. Um, we love them. I love them. We love their bodies. Um, and they can be exactly as they are. So that representation matters. I think it's a powerful show. Watch it if you haven't already. And without further ado, let's get into The Bachelorette. So we are at Fantasy Suites Week, okay? And I'm going to, for the purpose of just having fun, we're going to call this Dictate 1 through 3. Opportunity for charity to get laid three times, test the waters, see if they have compatibility and an intimacy level. It's dictate week, okay? I had high, high expectations for all three of these men, for Xavier, for Dotun, for Joey. Starting off with Xavier, I was impressed with his hometowns. I liked seeing his family their interaction together. I'm from Ohio, shout out Cleveland. So I liked seeing that on screen. I liked his sister just really embracing charity and inviting her into their space and complimenting how Xavier acts with her. Um, and it felt really real. It felt authentic. It felt like he was ready. Also throughout the season, Xavier has talked about wanting to be a partner like his father is to his mother who is sick and he is her caretaker and that he is willing to be that person for his future wife. So all season, I thought Xavier was with it, thought he was ready, prepared for commitment, and then cue this episode. 
they're in Fiji and they do some ritual with the Islanders that's about commitment and husband and wife. I think it was like Andy and Roti or something. But you can see Xavier like sweating on the date a little. Like it's starting to sink into him like, okay, I haven't had a serious conversation yet. I'm kind of skeptical of commitment. We see this. I could see it going through his mind even prior to their dinner date. So the date's cute. Um, I love that he bowed down to Charity when she came out on her chariot, like she was being carried out on this big chariot chair. And he like bows and it's it's cute. They have fun, goofy energy together, um, you know, and then fast forward to Xavier expressing his fears and doubts um, and wanting to see if she is someone that he shares a chord with. Now, he's saying this on the date day portion. So already the first half of the date is filled with some tension and some doubt. And obviously it sets the tone for a conversation that needs to be had later on. To play devil's advocate for a brief moment, I recognize that the contestants don't get to prioritize their own wants Um, and like compatibility until the end of the season, you know, all season you're competing. You can say it's not competing, but it is. You're competing for a shot at uh, love with the lead. It's a shot at love. You're competing to get to know charity more, um, you know, to send other people home so that you can hopefully get longer time to connect. And as you start to see things that you like and resonate with, it's like, I can see a future with us. It's not until the end where the possibility of marriage is sitting there and engagement. And you have to consider, have you been changing yourself at all to be the person that this lead needs? Do you know enough about them to know that they're compatible in your life? How have they reacted to some situations and have you fully thought about it? Or is every red flag that would typically be there on a date gone because you should just be happy to be there? So I'm giving grace in that aspect, okay? That then kind of falls by the wayside just because Xavier talks himself into a hole. The admonishment at dinner, fast forward to dinner now, where he comes out and says that he has been unfaithful in his prior relationship isn't that big of a bombshell in the sense that a lot of men and women have cheated when they're young and in their early 20s on like an unserious relationship. The issue is that Charity has been expressing her past history with infidelity in a relationship and what it did to her self-confidence and her fear of going through that again. And there was ample opportunities in my mind for him to address this. Now, I guess, sure, you don't want to have that conversation and make things awkward, but it's about being transparent. And he was so honest with how he presented it that he just should have done it sooner. Had Charity known that information, got the clarity she needed, had time to sit with that and watch how he's interacting with her, maybe she would have decided to send him home sooner. But it's almost like he kept that to himself so that he could stay there longer. So that's where the devil's advocate in me starts to go by the wayside a little because I'm like, you're giving this false image of yourself when you could have just been honest and own it. And it seems like a little bit manipulative in the fact that he's holding a little bit of power over charity, knowing something that she doesn't know. Meanwhile, she's been very transparent about her history. 
So he discloses that he's cheated on his pe- like his past girlfriend. And I just want to give claps to Charity because she handles this situation so well. She wants to know how many times and when. And his ability to guess that she was going to ask these questions tells me that he's had these conversations before. You know, like girls will typically want to know these things. So he clarifies that it was multiple times a day, I think he said, like, okay, too much detail, in a span of five days, and it happened two years into the relationship. Okay, so that that's what he starts with. It continues to say that, you know, he wanted his ex to be someone that he wanted her to be, And this is valid, okay? I appreciate the honesty. Women do this to their partners as well. We try to change them. We hope that they're going to be different. This is not something that's like a fuck men thing. This happens for both men and women. We project what we want out of our partners onto them. However, it does not make it right. And it is manipulative. And it is something that you would need therapy for to truly internalize why you did that and why not just be alone so the details just make it worse and when she asks him what work he did on himself as i just mentioned therapy would be a great thing he mostly just did introspection so looked at himself to ask why he cheated um and To that, I say you cannot work through this on your own, okay? A lot of people think that just by looking at their behavior, they can change it, but you can't. If he's struggling with insecurities or if he's struggling with difficulties communicating with his partner and being honest with them, maybe he's a people pleaser, whatever it is, just bad at communicating, he would need help to not repeat that again. And because charity is... Um, a behavioral therapist, I know that she's thinking this as he's talking to her. So he's mostly done introspection. And we end up finding out that this happened on a vacation when he was with his boys. And after doing introspection, he's, you know, pretty confident that it wouldn't happen again. I'm using that verbiage because he really wasn't that convincing. And when he was talking about this, he points out that um, it's never okay to cheat on like someone who you're pursuing wife status with or trying to become or is your wife, but, um, you know, it was just distasteful to do to his girlfriend. And Charity's like, are you joking? Cue whatever that sound is. Are you joking? She's like, it's not okay ever. Like, it's, it, it's not okay on any level And he like kind of walks it back a little bit. And I'm like, yes, Charity, thank you for being upfront and shooting that down. Because I hope the girlfriend is sitting at the ex is sitting at home validated right now. Like, yes, it did matter that he did that to me because he was making me think otherwise. It matters. Okay. And then he says, is it going to be hard to pick one woman and have your freedom gone? Yes. What, Xavier? What? Why are you even talking about this? It's like he can't even trust himself. And because he can't trust himself, Charity, who is fully trusting him, is like, I mean, if you don't trust yourself, I can't trust you. And it's not about distrusting you from what you're saying to me. It's you literally don't trust yourself. So he's just getting worse and worse. And she essentially tells him, you know, 
what you're saying is valid. I'm scared too. I, I also know that it's um, a risk to give up the freedoms and pursue things with one person. But if you love them and if you have a connection, then it's worth it. And the love should be burning enough that you wouldn't want to be with someone else. So she's like, can you be someone that shows up for me? I believe in you. I want this to work. But, and I have no doubts about what I can do for you, but what are you like? Are you willing to make this work? It will only work if you want it to. And she did an even more phenomenal job than I did paraphrasing her speech. It was one of the best bachelorette speeches we've gotten, hands down. Up there with Hannah Brown, up there with Gabby Windney. I loved it. Basically, he's like, no, you know, I need to see more. I need to see it tonight. And okay, valid, but not. Like, you need to see more of what before you can say that you won't cheat on her. Like having doubts is one thing, but if he's having doubts that he would be faithful, this is like an, this is like an idiotic conversation. It, it, it truly doesn't make sense. Like you're not worth it to not cheat on. If I don't, you don't check every box. If you're not perfect, it felt a little mimicking of the situation with his ex. Like he needs to see more of her in a certain way. He needs to see more traits from charity that he hasn't seen yet. And that would involve charity compromising her true self, not being true to herself. And, you know, like being who he wants her to be, which is exactly what did not work for his ex and got her cheated on. So Xavier, you're falling into old patterns. This hole is getting dug deeper and deeper. And basically, she's like, can you trust yourself not to hurt me? And he can't give a yes or no. So she's like, I'm not going to open this letter. I'm not going to invite you to stay the night. And I thought that she was just going to wake up in the morning and decide what to do. No, she walks him right out. She walks him out of there like a teach, like a parent went into their school goes into the principal's office after their kid did something bad and they are marching that kid out to the car. Like that's what it looked like her marching Xavier out of there. She's like, goodbye. Come on, come on, get up. Like she's like, come on, let's go. So she rushes him out of there and I don't blame her because at this point, what the fuck were you even saying? It was like word vomit. And mind you, we see clips of this, but he probably sat there for a long time. Okay. I don't know if he's, I don't know if they were drinking. I don't know if he's feeling loose and just word vomit all the whole truth coming out or I don't know what happened there I, I truly don't but nonetheless he sent home and the following morning Charity wakes up alone and she's like this isn't build a man workshop I'm not here to construct my perfect man I want him to be like whole like I want him to be the person that he is already valid so today she wakes up and she has her date with Joey. They do ATVing and waterfalls. And I couldn't really understand what's happening because I'm going to be honest, I half watch. I know that Charity has great chemistry with Joey, but I just like, he's not that interesting to me. So from what I gather, their ATVs weren't working. So it kind of like pitched that date and they ended up at the waterfall. And Joey takes this moment to bring up how leaving hometowns, seeing Charity crying and like holding in those tears and then sending him off felt a lot like that was the last they would ever see of each other. And she's like, 
you know, there was a sadness to leaving you because I miss you, but also I had a conversation with your uncle that didn't sit well. And she says, you know, he said that you didn't seem like yourself. And he's like, valid. I was uncomfortable. He was like, um, I'm uncomfortable because I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, and I just, I, I just don't know how I feel about Joey. His family just isn't good vibes for me. That just is what it is. And some of that would rub off on Joey. Like his uncle just isn't good vibes. And he spent the most amount of time with him. I don't know if it's you don't want to kiss in front of your parents kind of thing or if his uncle is just prejudiced. You know what I mean? Um, And doesn't want to see Joey with a black woman. I, I, I I can't pick it up, but I will say that as the date continues, I see that she truly loves Joey. Maybe not his family, but she loves Joey. And when she wakes up in the morning, she's like, a love with Joey feels eternal. That's huge. That lingo right there, like, like write that down. That's, that's winner lingo, okay? Unless something happened that she found out about Joey, I could see the potential for him to win. So Joey expresses that he loves her, and she says it back. So this is the first I love you out of the week, okay? Then we get to see date number three with Doton, okay? They go jet skiing and have a sandbar date. I ate it up. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Outwardly, the chemistry and body language isn't as um, visible with her connection with Doton. However, there's something to be said about how natural they feel together and like this like subtle slow chemistry that I think for a long life relationship there's a lot of potential to go up for them. I think that they could easily build as a couple and they've overcome so many challenges together and he's always been so kind to her that I just I do think this is a good pairing. So, and I love his energy. He starts out the day we see him saying that he's not going to take it easy. You know, he knows that there's other men here and he just wants to grow his connection with Charity, which I appreciate. I like that he's not just lax and letting Charity pursue him. They talk briefly about his family and how much she loved them. And then they end up talking that Dotoon's like, I didn't know that the show was going to end with an engagement. And I'm like, really? Like, really? I don't know if I believe that, but like for whatever, for the purposes of just believing him, I, okay, I believe him. And he said, but, you know, he's okay with it when he looks at the prospect of marriage with charity and the relationship that they've built. So valid. I, I, he had me going for a second. Like I was like, I'm not sure what he's about to say next, but I like that he followed it up with feeling good with it feeling okay with it and his family was so receptive to charity his mom was like his mom and like his mom and dad showed up from nigeria and they surprised him and they were basically like charity let's whisk you away we'll get you a huge grand wedding in nigeria and i believe them i'm here to see it she was fully embraced by his family whereas joey's was just kind of like like it's just like I just didn't love it as much. So, huge fan. He expresses that he's in love with her. They obviously spend the night together, which I wish that we got to see more. Like, this season, we truly have no idea if anybody had sex. Like, there was no... 
messy hair in the morning. There was no hints, you know, so no idea what happened in those fantasy suites week, which props to charity. Keep it private. I respect that. At this point, I was thinking cancel Aaron's flight because we see in the beginning of the episode that Aaron is going to Fiji to pursue charity. And it makes me wonder if producers knew that Xavier has been holding this all season and how this conversation was going to go over. Because while it's valid that Aaron still had thoughts in his mind, I really doubt that he has the power to make plays like that, to just like get his ticket bought and go back to Fiji. It feels more like they would reach out to him. So just knowing what I do about reality TV, big question mark over my head if producers talked to one another and Xavier's producer was like, oh, Charity's not going to be okay with this. Or Charity's producer was like, yeah, Charity's not going to be okay with this. Let's get, you know, plan B. However, Aaron shows up and... I was fucking stunned at Charity saying that she does in fact miss him and has been thinking about him. I I did think that she was going to kind of stand firm and I sent you home. Why are you here? Like Hannah Brown to Luke P vibes. But no, like she was excited to see him, receptive to him being there. And I don't know what's going to happen now. It feels like too many cooks in the kitchen. Like she said, I love you to two men. And now someone comes back that she said that she was falling in love with. And he's there now. I I don't know if they're going to give him a fantasy sweet week. Next week is already the men tell all. I hate that this episode ended the way it did. Like I feel like we should have gotten to see more about what happens with Aaron, whether they just do a day date and we get to see it or he gets extended a fantasy suite invitation and she like does an extra day. I I wanted to see more, but I guess that's why they do that so that we watch next week. I didn't really know how he was going to be received and shout out to Aaron. His hometowns went well. I guess Charity felt that and she was receptive. So I liked this episode a lot. I think it's one of my favorite fantasy suites week in Bachelorette history. I just really enjoyed how in control Charity was of the situation. You know, no problem with girls who get emotional this week and get taken advantage of because I can see that happening easily, easily. However, just seeing a season where charity it was so like you're going home and just not putting up with the bullshit it's been really powerful to see it's been a great season and despite them jipping her and giving her a short season trying to change the time slot on us you know really just not not no do out of the country trips despite giving her all of these shortcomings she still made for great television a great season and it shows that you don't have to pick someone who is like a wild card like charity is entertaining and she has a backbone she's emotionally intelligent she's fun and we got to see all of that this season and it was so good such a good season let me know everybody's thoughts I'm super excited for next week's episode. I am watching next day on Hulu because I don't have YouTube TV anymore. RIP. So I'll just be keeping you guys up to date on the next day. Um, Before I wrap this up, I want to briefly talk about Real Housewives of New York because that show had a great last episode. Not only did we get to hear a lot about Bryn 
and her childhood, her background, um, and really understand her more. Um, we got to understand Sai a little bit, but I just want to shout out David, Sai's husband, because most of the time I don't care for the husbands of the Real Housewives shows. I wish that they didn't have screen time. I don't really need to see them. David, Sai's husband, took me by surprise, and I'm instantly a fan. He, they were the women were talking about Jessel and you know, just not having sex with her husband. And David got asked his opinion. And, you know, these women were like, ha-ha, David, like, what do you think? Expecting him to be like, oh, I could never be without sex. Instead, this man walks over and he's like, I will never know what it's like to be a woman. I'll never know what it's like to give birth. I don't know the complications that come after it. I don't know if I don't know if the sexual desire is there as much, not to mention you're busy. Children eat up every second of your time. Have you seen Jessel's children? Like they they consume your time. Um, them not having sex isn't a testament to not wanting to. It may just be a testament to not having time. And just thank you, David. Thank you. He stuck up for Jessel. You know, you'd love to see women support women, but it doesn't always happen. And it was just so refreshing to see. It was refreshing to see someone be realistic about your body after birth and pregnancy, be realistic about maybe the decline of your libido temporarily or just the hindrance that children can put on your time together and intimate time. I loved this moment so much. More David. Bring him to all the fucking dinners and get these girls in check, honestly. I don't care. Like, I really liked him and enjoyed seeing it. I'm loving this season more than I expected to. I'm going to be honest. So let me know what you're thinking about Real Housewives of New York. Me and Rob talked about it in detail on the podcast. The title of last episode was the most Bryn interesting girl in the group, which kind of backs up what we were saying, that Bryn has the potential to be longevitive. She's going to last long seasons. She is fun to watch, entertaining. As soon as you think you know everything, you don't. So I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to see more. Send me a message with all of your thoughts from this episode. You all know that I love to hear from you. Leave me a review if you haven't left me one yet. This helps me so much. You guys know if you haven't left a review, I see them. They make me super happy and it gets my podcast more visibility. And stay tuned for the book club. I'm seeing more and more people talk about wanting to get involved. So just a reminder, the Queen V and Set Boundaries, Find Peace are the two books that we're going to talk about during September. I'm not sure how the Queen V is going to go for me. If you've been listening to the podcast forever, you know my difficulties um, with birth and talking about it and that I'm in therapy for that. So we'll see how I do reading this book. But I have hopes that educating myself more about my body and just reading positive literature may help. We'll see. Could be highly triggering. Could end up just reading the other book. But I'm going to try to get through it, especially because I think it's empowering to talk about together. Have a great rest of your week. I love all of you. Stay tuned for the next episode. And bye.